Your go-to girls, Jill Vanek and Lauren Sherwin, flip the script and give you a weekly dose of career advice, banter, and the insider office gossip. You have all heard the phrase, your go-to guy. We are Are your your go-to girls. It's the go-to girls, Lauren and Jill, we're back. We're back. We're back in the jankity studio. I mean, Jill's got boxes all around us. Tupperware boxes. I mean, the move is happening. If this isn't started from the bottom, still at the bottom, I don't know what is. Dude, I I just can't wait for you to have light in your apartment. Same. We literally sit in darkness. Anytime after 6 p.m., Lauren and I are like shadows. There's no light. There's like two like two floor lights that we have going on here and just straight darkness. This makes it seem like I live in a dungeon, which is pretty accurate. I can't wait for your new crib. I can't wait either. It's time. It's time. It's happening. But We are so excited tonight. We have literally the guest of all guests. Some of you saw her speak live, which is an honor in itself at our go-to girls live event this past February. She is nothing short of a fan favorite. Megan Miller is joining us today. So a little bio on Megan. She is a professional speaker that will become quite clear when you listen to the episode. She's a creator and host of Putting Attention to Intention podcast and a self-proclaimed intentional living expert. She's dedicated to offering high-performing, go-getting professional women. Mm, Yeah, Mm -hmm. seems like all of us. Mm -hmm. Simple daily micro steps for putting attention to intention so we can all stop sleepwalking through life and start living with inspiration and fulfillment. When Megan is not delivering her message, which is hardly ever. Yeah. She's home with her husband, Michael, in New Jersey and get ready to swoon their 13-year-old Beagle Rescue. So welcome, Megan Miller. Lauren and I literally could not be more excited. New Jersey in the house. Girl, we live we live over that bridge. I still don't I still don't know how I feel about living in Jersey. I'm just gonna throw it I, out. You there. know, I have to tell you, I do when I say it to people I don't know, I like sort of muffle it. No Jersey. Yeah. Do you say do you say when people ask you like where they're like, where are you from? Do you say Jersey or you say outside of Philadelphia? Oh, Philadelphia. Yeah, same. Oh, same, same. The ju- I don't know what it is, same. like the judgment level kind oh. of goes down a notch. I know when and, I got that yellow plate and yes. that New Jersey license, Ooh. I was like, Ooh, no, 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 no. I was not ready for that in my <laughs> life. I wasn't ready for it. No, but it is such a distinction. I've never seen another state where North and South are so different. Like North yeah. is New York, South is Jersey. Yeah. And where so many people literally go to the shore every weekend in the summer. And isn't it funny? It's called the shore here. Like we don't call it the beach. It's the shore. Shore. Yeah. Yeah. It really, if you're not from here, it is so fascinating. Like we need to do an anthropological, I don't know, ethnography. I'm really using. Oh, you're really, I was going to say, oh my God. Girl, that research is coming out. That can be goosebumps. I just love when we see Jill, when I see Jill in the summer and she's like, I haven't had a bathing suit on all summer. Like I'm white. And I was like, well, why don't you go down to the shore? And she's like, well, it's not like I'm from here. Like I don't have a shore house. Like that's like not an experience for me. And I'm like, Jill, you need to get outside and see the sun. (laughs) The good news is Lauren being one of them. I now have three friends who own shore property or rent. So Mm -hmm. I will be hot times. I will be going down hot girl summer for Jill. Hot girl summer. Bless up. Bless up. So 
Megan, we could not be more excited. Like we said, you are a fan favorite, but take us back a little bit to the beginning. You do such an amazing job of talking about you and telling your story Mm -hmm. because you have quite a storied career over the past 15 years. You've climbed the corporate ladder. So Mm -hmm. you know what this is like Mm -hmm. Uh, developing as a sales executive in the hospitality industry. You manage a portfolio of 150 domestically based hotels Mm -hmm. that produce a billion dollar billion Mm -hmm. dollars. Excuse me. We need to add an S on that (laughs) in managed (laughs) revenue. So here's the deal though. Sounds like you had the dream. You had everything going. Talk to us. Yeah. What was lacking? What were you missing? What was the deal? Yeah. So here's the thing. And this is what we never talk about. I was doing all the air quote things that were going to make me so happy. I I thought, or I was cultured to believe, right? So getting the next promotion, doing the next thing, getting the cool, sexy job. And I had worked 10 years to to get this promotion and had sacrificed so much. So many relationships didn't work out. I was like a cocoon in my home. I worked all the time. I like ate over the sink. I never sat down to eat a meal. And here I thought that I was doing all these things and about to get this job that was going to fulfill me, my missing puzzle piece. And as I'm signing that offer letter, you ever have one of these moments where you like rise above yourself and you almost look down at the scenario like a movie screen that has yes. out of body, out of body. Yes. Yeah. So I'm about to sign that. I remember this so vividly. I'm about to sign this offer letter. I rise up and I look at my life and I'm like, oh, my God, it was horrifying. How did I get here? Twenty thousand dollars in debt because I thought the new fancy handbag or trendy sweater or shit I knew I couldn't afford, but would make me look cool. I thought that that would fulfill me. I was in a loveless relationship, but he was an attorney, so it looked good on paper. So Mm -hmm. that must fulfill me. I was binge drinking every chance I got because I hated the silence. You know, those gut whispers, those rumbles that tell you that you're not going down the right path and you run like all hell from them. I, I, I ran like all hell from them to the latest, to the closest bar. Um, and I cut myself off from my closest friends and family because I didn't want to hide behind this happy mask anymore. And I didn't want to hear how great their lives were because I was just so exhausted. Hmm. So that one Christmas, you know, you always remember like the real shitty Christmas gifts or like the really great ones. You never remember anything in between. And my ex-boyfriend had gotten me two gifts. The first one was anti-aging cream. Thank you. Stop. That should have been a sign. Are lying. You're lying to our faces. (laughs) Let this be a PSA to everybody. Don't we have, you we have three male listeners. Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. <laughs> but to the male listeners, no, ma'am. Yep. No, 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 you're not Mariam. giving anti-aging cream. Get lost. Thank you. And the second one was a Tony Robbins. I'm going to age myself. It's the box CD set. Remember like the six pack that would like fold uh, out? Girl, of course <laughs> I do. Look who you're talking mm. to over here. I'd love me a CD catalog. Thank you. And remember when it would get scratchy, you'd be all pissed off because it would just like keep scratch over it. Hundred percent. A hundred percent. My instinct CD did that and that was upsetting. 
for the no. bye bye bye. With the, right. My bye bye. Uh, the bye bye bye. But one. don't you? Like somewhere in my closet, I still have like Jill's spring break, nineteen ninety nine. You know what you I mean? Like right, it. like the mix, the go to mix. <laughs> exactly that you put on to pregame. Okay. Yeah. We digress. So, Tony Robbins. A, Tony Robbins was like my jock jams that summer. I was mm-hmm. so desperate for something. And I sometimes I don't even think that we realize how far deep we are in a certain situation until you just get sort of this either piece of advice or you have this heartfelt conversation or you end up crying in fetal position in the corner that makes you think, oh my God, I need a change. Mm. And I was so desperate for something that listening to the CD really made me realize that the only person that got me here was me. Mm. Yeah. And the only person it is because we are so quick to want to blame everybody else. It Mm. is my job. It's my partner. It's my family. I never got a chance. Blah, 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 blah. And the common denominator in all of that is you. And if you want any change in your life, you really have to start changing the way you talk to yourself, the way that you show up in life. And it's at that moment that I realized I'm the operator here of my life. And if I want things to change, it needs to come from me. It that is so powerful, Megan. And I feel like so many people need to hear that message mm. because it is so easy not to look in the mirror. And I think a lot of people don't want to do this work because it's muddy. It is really oh. tough. It's tough when you look in the mirror and you're like, shit, it's oh. me. And I'll tell you this, like I, you know, hey, listen, this has been a seven year journey. I didn't just wake up one day and was like, oh, look at me. I'm going to change my life. I mean, this shit is fucking hard, as, as you said, uh, you know, so I had built so much shit came up from my childhood mm-hmm. through this journey. Like shit, you know, my family, we never talked about anything. You went up into your room, you dealt with it, and then you came back down when you were fine. So I never I had shit bottled up for 38 years that I had to dig through and it was muddy and it was icky and it was uncomfortable and I hated every moment of it. Yeah. But Megan, I guess the question for me is when you talk about going on this journey, yeah, I think a lot of our listeners might be listening now and they're like, I'm stuck in a rut with work or mm. I'm just on this endless rabbit hole. I'm on this en- endless ha- hamster wheel of like, I have to be on this board. I have to have this promotion. Mm. I have to work for this company. I have to have this LinkedIn profile. I have to look a certain way. And it's this nonstop that you're going for it. Yeah. How did you even start the journey to kind of get off of that rabbit, like get off of that wheel? Yeah. And really start to kind of do the work on yourself to make your life better. Like, where do you start? Where do I even start? Right. And that's why I love that question, because that's why we never start, because we don't know where to start. Yeah. And we're tired and we're exhausted. So we just stay in the comfortable lane, even though we know we were meant for more. Mm. So what what is one thing that you can do? And this sounds so simple, but it's the simplest shit that we know we should do that we don't do. And that can make the biggest difference. So what are some things? What are some tangible things? Uh, One is getting up when the alarm rings. It's the first promise Mm. you made to yourself the night before. And when you hit that snooze, you are not keeping that first promise to yourself. 
It's that's huge, Megan. And I love that as a tangible tip because I really feel that's how confidence is built too. When you yes. keep promises to yourself. Yes. That's that how whole, it starts. That's whole habit wheel, right? So when you make that promise to yourself and you do it, you are subconsciously telling yourself, you know what? I got your back mm-hmm. instead of historically We are the last person we put on our task list. We are the first person we take off of our to-dos because we think it's the easiest thing. Whereas you're telling yourself time and time again, you're not deserving. I'm not showing up for you. I'm putting you last. So another thing you can do, and this is, again, very easy micro steps. I'm all about the micro steps because that's how you can build habits. So another thing that you can do is this was huge for me. I took five minutes in the morning, five minutes. And if you tell me you don't have five minutes, I say, bullshit, you have five minutes. Mm -hmm. And I put pen to paper, just got these thoughts out of my head. I put them into pen and I put them onto paper. And it was, how am I feeling today and why? And what is one thing that I can do that'll make me happy? And then I do it. That is a little micro power nugget that everyone should take away that you're right. That changes the entire course of your day because you get to decide how you handle yourself. And I think we forget that. Yes. And it, it felt like even just these five minutes. And I, I know there are people in the audience that are thinking five minutes, can that really make that much of a difference? Yes, it can. Mm -hmm. And I found when I started this practice that when I was going out into the world, that I was going out for the first time in a very long time with my own thoughts, my own beliefs, what I wanted for the day versus what the world told me I wanted, what my email told me I needed to do, Mm -hmm. what the Insta told me I needed to do, what LinkedIn told me I was lacking at. I wasn't looking for that because I already had a foundation. And when you look for good, you find more good. Mm. You do. And I love this recent concept, Megan. So it was actually an article in Goop. Now we know we have mixed opinions on <laughs> Gwyneth and Goop, oh, we but, or at least I do. <laughs> yes. But, you know, I, when something strikes you for whatever reason, maybe it was the 501st time and the first 500 didn't strike me, but this article, Megan, I found so powerful. It talked about how we always talk about this search for happiness and I want to be happy. Mm. And it reframed it to say, find the micro joys in your life. Meaning a simple example, I love getting my nails done and nail art and bright and bold. And who gives a shit if it's quote unquote, a little too loud for the office. It brings me joy. It's something I put on my list. And it was all about racking up those joy points for, for lack of a better word. You know what I mean? Mm, So I I love that. That sort of reminds me of what you're talking about here. And the other thing, if I can add on that, which by the way, your nails look great. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, the, the other thing, if I can just piggyback on that is, and I feel like this just gets such a bad rap because it's overutilized, but it works. Gratitude. So mm-hmm. one of the things I do in the morning is I just say three things that I'm grateful for. And I try to get as specific as possible. So instead of my health, it might be the fact that my body allows me to go all day and is energized. Uh, or today it was, um, you know, the sun was out and it was beautiful. And I heard the birds chirping and I'm like, you know, it's those little things. And I know it sounds hokey as shit, but it really does change the way you look at things. Like think of when you're shopping for a new car, don't you, you see that car everywhere. 
mm-hmm. and your brain's wired and it's looking yeah, for the it. Hawthorne effect. Exactly. Mm-hmm. If you want an orange car, you start seeing orange cars everywhere. Exactly. Exactly. So when you go out in the world with this foundational base of I'm, I'm going to be okay. There are things supporting me. Like I, I feel, I, I trust that what is meant to be will find me. I'm going to lighten my hands around the wheel a little bit. Mm. You will find things to support that. That is so interesting. You said that because what resonates with me so much, and I know this is a common saying or a common thing going around, but somebody equated it to me to the other day that you don't go into a restaurant and you order a meal. You don't every five seconds say, where's the meal? Did they forget? Where is it coming? When's the food coming? You, you trust it's coming. Mm, I love that. Yeah. If we could just handle some of our business and life events the same way, you know what I mean? Like everyone's like, Oh, when am I going to find the one? Or when am I going to have kids? Or when am I going to do this? These milestones, it's like trust it's coming when it's meant to come. Easier said than done, but I like that. Oh my God. So much easier said than done. Just this week I was skitzing out. I'm talking veins in my neck because (laughs) I felt, I felt like I had to do 85,000 things when I was exhausted. And I, of course, when you're exhausted, you're not showing up your best. And I was just like so frustrated that here I am screaming F-bombs at a computer at eight o'clock at night, almost crying. And I'm like, all right, maybe you need a moment. Mm, Um, But Jill, if I can go back to your, to your point on a relationship. So I, this is just such a case in point. And I can share it now that I'm on the other end of the journey, but it's not easy when you're in the eye of the tornado. So I, I, that's good in it to tell me yeah, that right I, it. it certainly is an eye right out there. <laughs> so for a long time, so I, I just got married 38 first marriage. And for a long time, I felt like I was less than because all my girlfriends were getting married and they were having kids and I wasn't at that checkpoint. And I felt like such a loser alone in my little 800 square foot apartment. My last relationship had ended. Thank God that's a blessing. But I remember sitting alongside the Schuylkill crying in my car. It was like shaking because trucks were all driving by it. And I'm crying. I'm calling everybody I know, like, I'm a loser. This ended again. But what had changed my life is I had listened to, again, our boy, Tony Robbins. He was talking about when he took the time to sit down and really write what he wanted in a partner, who he needed to be, and just was at peace with that and trusted that the love of his life showed him. So I thought, well, hey, listen, TR, you're not too shabby on the uh, getting shit done scale. So I'm going to take your lead And in a little notebook that night, I sat at my little dining room table. And I think that's probably all I had in the apartment because I'm so poor. Um, And I I wrote down who I needed to be and who I needed my partner to be. Mm, And I just said, I'm going to trust. And then a year later, one year, almost to the date, Michael comes into my apartment. It's our second date. I had the little uh, notebook out in the bathroom and he reads it and he comes out and he says to me, I'm this guy. No, and he this is. did not. Did that really happen? It's, 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 that's not wild. Oh, that is wild. Yeah. I love it. Cause yeah. I, okay. I, Cause Megan, I feel like so many women, we do things we're, we're supposed to, right? Mm. We're, we take the job or we take the promotion because we're supposed to. We get married because we're supposed to. We have the kids because we're supposed to. I mean, like there's all these things. And again, it's almost like a checklist of life. of like, yes, yep, I can check that off. I did that. Yeah, I can check it off. I did that. How did you stop that cycle of thinking 
and really just embrace this person you are now to say like, and how has it changed you? Like, how have you become more present? How are you becoming more engaged? Like it just seems you had it all, but really you were so unhappy. And now where you're at in your life, you're fulfilled and in this place of achievement. How did, how did that transition happen for you? Oh God, you know, it's been a long ass journey and there are still days I struggle, you know, with, with life's pressures. We, we all do. No one's immune to it. Like I am in this struggle right now, very deeply on the baby train. You know, I'm 38. He's 17 years older than me, Michael. And I feel like the world is just breathing down my back. are you? You got to do it now. If you don't do it now, and I'm like, can everybody just relax for a moment? Mm. So I say all that to say, listen, I, I, I still feel it, but here is, here is what, here's what's different for the way I show up to it now is I have given myself the courage to lean into these feelings and these thoughts versus running from them and shoving from and shoving them down because that's historically what I always did. Oh, that's uncomfortable. I don't want to deal with it. I would run for the booze. I would run for the email. I would run for the the muffin, What whatever, right? Something to just take my mind off it. But now what I do is when I start to feel those things, I want to write to a piece of pen and paper and I just allow myself to just write it out. Hmm. And it's almost like, and this I have found has been very helpful to me. Almost, almost kind of like I'm, I'm talking to my best friend, but hmm. it's my thoughts. So like, I'll be like, I'll use this as an example. Just the other day, I'm having this beautiful morning with myself in the spare bedroom, writing my intention for the day and everything's <laughs> going to be great. And then all of a sudden, like a fucking thunder and lightning bolt out of left field comes this memory I had from my 20s when I was so fucked up. I fell down a, a flight of steps. I was yelling at everybody. It was like a really horrible memory. I had to apologize to people the next day. You ever have to do one of those? Yep. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Who has it? Oh, it was horrible. It was really horrible. And then, and so, of course, that voice shows up, that demon in my mind that's like, you're an asshole. You're a loser. You suck. You don't deserve these things. And hear what was different this time. Instead of running from it and saying, I don't have time to deal deal with this. This is uncomfortable. Let's just shut it down and move to something else. I leaned into it. And I ended up telling myself, hey, listen, you're human. Mm. These things happen and it brought you to where you are today. And it's the mindset that is so powerful because Mm. what you said is such a good reminder. I think so many of us think that when I get this or when I hit this Mm. or when I do this, we'll be in this utopian world with birds and butterflies and unicorns. And I think, you know, since we're talking about the guru, I'm pretty sure Tony Robbins is the one, you know, I heard the other day he was on some podcast and he said, listen, you're all, here's the secret. You're always going to have problems. Yes. You don't have problems. You're complacent and you're not up-leveling. Like if you don't have problems, we got a problem. You're Mm -hmm. sleeping. You're sleepwalking. Yes. And I think people forget that they think life should be roses and butterflies. And it's like, nah, it's just going to show up in a different way. It's how you handle it. It is. And haven't we gotten through all the other fucking tornadoes that we've had to get through to get here? And you will get through this one too. And Jill, back to, or Lauren, back to your question, because I think I totally bypassed it about how I started to show up for me. So 
it was really getting a chance to know me because I never took the time to get to know myself. Mm. I lived in chameleon mode. I had no idea who I was. Mm. I was who you wanted me to be that would get me the validation and get you to like me. So what does that look like? It One, it was taking the time to really get still and, and, and write these thoughts in my head. But it was also asking myself, what are things that I enjoy and, infu- mm. and infusing that into my life? So, you know, taking 10 minutes out of the day to get off the screen and read a book that really was speaking to me, mm-hmm. it was having that lunch with that girlfriend who we said we kept, we were going to keep getting together, but life got in the way and making that a commitment, right? Like the happiest people aren't those that are the most successful. It's the ones that have the best social connections. So making that a priority in my life, it was finding the time to run outside because that always made me so happy. So it was exploring these things in my life and building the connection back to myself and asking myself for the first time, what do I want for my life? Mm. Me, not the world, me. And I think that's something we never stop and take the time to do. So Megan, how did that, how did that transcribe in your work? I mean, you were growing the corporate ladder. Yeah. You're growing up this job. Like, does, did you change career paths? Did you leave the job? Like, did you change how you were approaching every single day you approach work? Like, how did that manifest then with your job and your day to day? Yeah. So it was really a long time coming. I was just telling the story today to a girlfriend. You know, we always deal with shit on surface level because it's easy and it's comfortable. So as I was going through this journey, I always knew that I was meant for more, but I, I did not know what that was. And I think we all have that to a certain d- degree and vertical in our life. So I had thought it was going to sales in another vertical. So I called my girlfriend, she's from Boston and in and, and only the way a Bostonian can, I say to her, listen, I want to, I want to get a new job in sales. I like relationships. And I start giving the bullshit answer, blah, blah, blah. And she says to me, knock that shit off what the hell do you want? And I thought, God, I don't know. Mm. So I started to just explore all of these different things that interest me. I talked to people that had jobs that I thought was interesting to me out of my field. And I got, listen, people love to talk about themselves. They, they, are loved to share with people their success and how they got there and you can learn from them. And long story short, it brought me to this path of where I am today, which is out there building this movement and speaking, but it was not a quick process. It took me seven plus years to get here, just a little day by day, one step at a time. Hmm. You have I think honed in on on so many things because I I just feel like, especially as women, you know, we don't talk about feeling lost. We don't Mm. stay, you hit the nail on the head a little bit ago. We we stay very superficial because it's comfortable. We don't want to get muddy. We don't want to, no judgment, no opinions. You know, I'm I'm just thinking even at cocktail parties, it's like, okay, I'm more apt to talk to someone about where I get my hair done and my nails yeah. done. And how's your boyfriend? And where are you going on vacation? You know, it takes a little bit to break out of that surface level. And you know, what's your biggest piece of advice, Megan, in, in terms of 
women feeling they're allowed to do that or starting that conversation or going deeper. I'm, I'm not saying, you know, off the bat, like, hi, my name is Jill. Here are my hopes and dreams. But you know what I mean? <laughs> how do you, how did you really start to deepen your connections with people? Yeah. Here's the thing. When you put down that mask and you start sharing your vulnerability and your story, it's amazing what others will share. Mm -hmm. and, and to your point, Jill, I'm not saying you just walk into any random party and is like, here's what I'm struggling with. Right. <laughs> you, you, you really ask, right. start, start with your tribe, with your innermost trusted advisors, mm -hmm. because Oh my God. I just, sorry. I just got distracted by your dog. No, Megan, I told you, I excuse our jankity studio because the dog is also always waltzing around. Tub, Tubbs wanted to be part of the podcast. Tugs, you really, there needs to be, I guarantee that there are people on this line, myself included, that if there was a 12 month calendar of tugs, I, I would buy it. Can we <laughs> yeah. make that happen? Yep. I would love to make that happen. He, an could, angel be, baby. he could be an influencer. An angel baby. Yes, he I should be it. an influencer. So sorry. So back back to your question. So here is what I realized. I lived in a very lonely, lonely, dark world disconnected from life because I created that. But mm. there were always people around me to support me and when I let my mask down and I started to ask them for help, did they really shine and arise to the occasion? So here's an example of that. You know, so I had start, I thought for once, for a hot minute that, oh, well, maybe I'll get into tech. I'm in sales. I can, yeah, da, 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 da. So my girlfriend's husband is in tech and, and sells SaaS products. And so I was like, well, let me lean on him. So he spent a whole Saturday with me running through the language, telling me what I needed on the resume, making introductions for me. And that is just one example of someone who is close to you that will show up for you when you ask and you get specific. And then that pivots into other conversations, right? Like you don't, you don't have to come out of the gate talking about your deepest, darkest secrets, but start small. Right. Like share, get a ask out there. And it can be something as simple as, hey, listen, I I see that you're connected to this company. I was really looking to get an, an, an intro. Who do you know? It can be something very simple, but start with a small ask and you will see how we, people will rise to support you. And with that being said, you are in my brain. That is a huge portion of the advice I give in one of my sessions for the career catalyst in that truly, Megan, no one wants to hear, let me pick your brain. Uh, yeah. Let's go get coffee. People, it's the line from Jerry Maguire, help me help you. <laughs> and I can help you. And I tell this to my clients, if you make to your point, a specific ask. When you are going to someone, it is not, let me pick your brain. It is, I would love 20 minutes of your time to talk about your career trajectory specifically related to X, Y, and Z. They can then do their homework and help you. They're already thinking of contacts, people, emails, stories, narratives, things they can do to set you up for success. So help them help you. I think that is huge advice. Get specific, put it out into the universe. Yes. And the other thing I will say that, that we had talked about beforehand was take the time to know what you want. Mm -hmm. You know, we talk in such blanket, quick terms. I want to make more contacts. I, you know, I, I don't know, want to get into X company. Well, why? 
Mm-hmm. What do you want? And it, it can be something as simple. It doesn't need to be complicated. It can just be, hey, listen, I want to know other professional women outside of my organization because those are the only women I see. Great. Then that's a goal. Yes. Yes. Because we spend so much time, every single one of us in this audience listening, as well as here in this studio, could spout out 10 KPIs. 10 metrics, 10 objectives, goals for our business. When is the last time we did that for ourselves? Mm. We, we're our own CEO, our own business, and we don't do it. We don't do smart goals. We don't do performance reviews. We don't do that on ourselves. Obviously, I'm going into real corporate lingo here, but you know what I'm saying? Like, we don't take the time. We just mosey along. I love the corporate gel. Mm. Uh, <laughs> Girl, mm. she's, a real, she's a real pisser sometimes. Mm. Let me tell you, here was another mind blower for me that this was a very, this was a huge church, amen, preacher B moment. So I had realized, think of your life as drawers, right? Like a dresser drawer. There is your health, there's your career, there's financial, there's your relationships, there's your self-worth. What I had realized that for so long, my drawer of my career was overflowing, And that's where I had focused all of my attention, but all of my other drawers were empty because I wasn't getting the same validation that I was from them, that I was from my job, hence my drug of achievement. And hence why I was feeling so uncomfortable because my, my relationships were suffering my, my physical health. I wasn't as healthy as I could be. Right. Cause I was drinking all the time. I mean, binge blocking out all the time. I was spending so much money, my financial, I didn't even have any self-worth. I didn't even know what I want. So Jill, to your point, to really map out what you want for your life, I would say, take the time, sit down with a piece of pen to paper, light a candle and a spare room in your house. Or if you don't have a spare room, just a separate space in your house to say, what do I want in each drawers of my life? And incrementally every day, just take a micro step towards one of those drawers. It's such valid, tangible advice. And I love the analogy of the drawers because, I mean, I think all three of us sitting here could very well say achievement is or has been our drug. Like, mm, and the yeah. thing is, I'll speak for myself. I love to fill that drawer. I love it because I'm good at it. I'm wow. good at it. And that is where I'm comfortable. Yeah. And, and the relationship drawer, mm, I'll get to it when I get to it. That's scary. Like we stay, even as we continue to evolve, like you said, it's a process. There are good days, there are bad days, but it's hard to break away from that comfort zone of, I know I'm baller at this, so I'm going to keep doing this. Right. So that's why we always stay with shit we're good at because it makes us feel good. Mm -hmm. That's why you never want to do shit you're bad at. Right. But I think it's interesting, Megan, that you're saying like your drug of achievement was really work. Your drawer oh, was God, constant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like that's where you got your satisfaction from. So I, I resonate really, I, I resonate really strongly with like, that is my sense of identity is my work, oh, but it also doesn't bring me happiness. Correct. And when I took the time and this took a long, long time, when I took the time to really dial back to where that started it was the first thing in my life that I was good at. Listen, I came from a single parent home. I had to help raise my mom. I had no father. I, we, we were barely making ends meet. I was from central PA. I was a chubby little kid. Like I, I, there wasn't anything in my life that I had been given accolades for until my first job mm. in sales. And then I was like, okay, 
this is it. This is my path. And to your point, it, it became an addiction. So if you take the time to really get still on where that started, it's very interesting on, you know, where, where that, where that starts, but to your, but to your point, Lauren, yes, it gives us that high, that momentary high, but like a drug, it doesn't give us the long-term satisfaction. We sacrifice other things in our life that we know are important, but we go right over to the drug because we're always thinking of it. Where are we going to get the next high? And I love what you said, Megan, reverting back to when you were talking about Michael and dating and how you not only put what you needed in a partner, but who you needed to be. Mm -hmm. Because it's so fascinating to me. So Lauren and I are very open about this, but I recently started therapy Mm -hmm. and we talk about relationships a lot, relationships a lot. And Megan, the other day, it's almost like, you know, when you have that light bulb moment and you're like, what? And I was sitting there and we were talking about people I know in my life and they're in relationships with women who don't work and and they stay at home or they have kids. And I, and take this for what you will, this is a real moment. I was like, but, but I don't get it. They don't do anything. How, how do you love someone who doesn't, but they don't do anything. Like they don't produce any, they don't do anything. And it's like that light bulb moment of holy shit. What am I saying? Like, you can be loved just for being you. You know what I mean? It's it's just everything with that drug of achievement. It filters into all areas of life that I really like how you honed in on who do I need to be? Who do I need to be for that partner? What's what's going on inside before I can even look outside? You know? And, and you know, as you're telling that story, it makes me flash to how I was was raised is mm-hmm. I saw my mother, she was barely 30. Uh, you know, raising two kids by herself, barely making ends meet. And I saw that and I thought to myself, I never want a life like that. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Those past narratives just, they stay with you. And I think it's just, you know, sometimes I think it's so easy, Megan, to really like feel guilty or, oh, I'm not normal or I should be more like this Mm. or I'm, I'm the one who's so effed up. No, everyone is to their own degree. You know what I mean? I, I think it's just good to know, to keep on what you're saying on repeat. It's an evolution. There's good days, there are bad days. Yes. Self-evolution is what's important. Like learning something every day, growing yes. in some way. And I would I would just say, here's what you do just every day. Take the time to ask yourself what is one thing you can do today that makes you happy. Mm-hmm. It can be 10 minutes of something so simple like reading the book, or if you've always loved photography, there's some beautiful parts of, of this part of the city or wherever you live. Take your camera, walk around, snap some photos. Or if you always wanted to do the salsa dancing, but it's 4.30 on a Tuesday and you told yourself that you ne- you're never going to be able to make it. You have work, the traffic, blah, blah, blah. You do it. Mm-hmm. You do it. So you, t- so you take the time to find something that makes you happy you make a commitment, you keep it, and you do that consistently. Yeah, those, those are the keys. I love these tangible steps because you're right. The whole paralysis is, I don't know how to start. I don't yes. know what to do. It, it seems too big. Yeah, it's like, where do you even start? Yeah, where right. do you start the journey? So the micro is, is where it's at. I, I think that's so tangible. I yeah. really, really like that. So just to pivot a little bit, Megan, yeah. because again, you're the queen of this. You know, at our live event, 
I think people really relished in that contact, that human connection, you know, with COVID. Mm. It's just been so long with Zoom and everything to kind of, I don't want to say like be a creep and say human touch, but like, you know what I mean? Yeah. (laughs) But love Lauren's All that. Lauren's like, "Mm, that's Just eat a pretzel and hug each other and embrace. Exactly. A little chicken nugget. A little chicken nuggies. For for women in the Philadelphia and South Jersey region, primarily, it could be nationally and and, and beyond, but what are some organizations that you're involved with or have spoken to you or good places to get started? Like, hey, I want to make this commitment. I don't have any contacts. Like, where would they start? Where should they go? Yeah. So, you know, listen, we can rattle off organizations, but I think, I think the most important thing, if someone says to me, I want to meet other women and I want to find connections, which I think is great because it is all about connection. It really is mm-hmm. connection with yourself yeah. and connection with others. It, 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 that is what brings true happiness and joy. And that's, that's also where a lot of jobs are placed, you know, like 80% yes. of jobs. I don't know the latest, the late, latest stat, but last I heard it was like 80% of jobs are sourced through referrals. You are correct. It's like 89% now in some literature. You're exactly right. It, it's, it's all about who you know. It's all about who you know. So the first thing I would ask you to do is get clear on what you want. Get, get clear on what you want. Take um, almost like a sky level view of who you already know that Mm. can get you there. You might have a great girlfriend that's an amazing networker. She's, you go out to dinner, she's talking to everybody. You, you know, she knows everybody. We all have one of those. Exactly. So it's, so it's calling that girlfriend up and saying, Hey, like, you know, I'm trying to meet more women. Do you know of any organizations or where are you going? What groups do you hang out in? And it can also really be as simple as being aware of the people you're around every day. Mm, that's huh? huge. Right? How many people do you engage with every day that could make a connection for you? So let me give you an example of this. There is a woman I know and I've known for a very long time and she loves to do yoga. She goes on yoga retreats. And I've really been wanting to get into these sort of like digital detox, just like humasa moment is how I envision mm-hmm. it. Love it. Throw your phone in the ocean moment. Yep. Exactly. And have like those moments of clarity and, and innovation. So I leveraged her. She gave me this great resort at half the price because I knew that she would know a great place to go. So it's getting clear on what you want, taking a snapshot of who in your network can get you there. And then thirdly, and this is the biggest thing that we've already talked about, getting clear on your ask. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a lot of that inner work before you go outer. You're, You're right. Getting clear. Right, because we just want the simple thing. So let me, I'll give you another example. So- Michael had posted on LinkedIn, and I think we had we may have talked about this at the event. So Michael had posted um, on LinkedIn, he got a new job. And I was looking through his comments, and there was a woman with an organization that I really wanted to get into that commented. Hmm. So of course, I call him right away, and I'm like, yo, I need you to do me a solid. Mm. <laughs> Look it up. Look, Look it, up. it up, my if, man. If anyone should, it should be the husband. Thank, thank yeah. you. Yeah, so, I mean, come on. So I say to him, listen, here's what I need you to say. Here's what I'm here's what I'm looking for. 
from a connection standpoint, and he did it right away. And it worked. I had an intro call. There's a commitment from her to collaborate. And why that worked is because I leveraged someone who was invested in me and my success and I felt comfortable with, and I was clear on my ask and I knew what I wanted. Yes. Yes. Making it crystal clear for the person on the receiving end is huge, like a dedicated task almost. Yes. This is what I'm after. It's it's not a two hour pick your brain. This is the information or this is the ask and that's it. I think that's the key. Yes. Huge. Huge. I love that so much. Megan, I, we could quite literally talk to you for hours. Oh my God. I know. I don't even know how long we've been on here. This has been so much fun. She's my therapist. Megan's my therapist for life. And everyone (laughs) needs to follow Megan. Megan, I'm going to let you let the audience know where you are, but please follow her on megan.b.miller on Instagram. It's M-E-G-A-N dot B dot M-I-L-L-E-R. Truly, she is one of the best, most engaged speakers I have ever had witness Mm. to see. She's wonderful. Your podcast is a gem. Just everyone really needs to follow you. It's you are doing big things. And we're so excited. I mean, on that note, what's next for you, Megan? Like what's in the cards and what is calling your heart right now? Like where, what direction are we going in? God, that's such a great question. So it's so, it's so interesting that you bring this up. So I have started this, this business, this movement, right, of intentional living and sharing it with organizations and saying, hey, listen, corporate America, mm-hmm. it's not hustle culture, it's human culture. Mm, yeah. And let's really communicate, not a check on a box, not a logo on a website, that we care about our employees as humans. And so that has, has been this journey. And I was just telling a girlfriend today that I need to take my own advice and trust that it'll all work out, not try to do 85,000 things in a day and end the day exhausted, falling asleep at the table, barely being present for my husband or my family. Mm Because this drug of achievement, as we've talked about, it shows up, man, in some of the most... Places that you would least expect it. And it is like a drug. It's hard to kick and old habits die hard. Mm -hmm. So what is next? I am going to take my advice. I am going to trust that what is meant for me will show up. I am going to leverage and connect with beautiful humans like the both of you and say, here's this movement. Here's how you can get off this hamster wheel, robotic living to make it to Friday And let's spread it like wildfire, let our masks down and and lean in and lift up. Oh, and also too, if I can, Jill Lauren, I want to share this because I think this is so important. Talking about leveraging your network. So Lauren and I met through an organization in Philadelphia, Mm -hmm. the power, the power group. Is it called power group or what? what, How do you is power? I think it's just power. Yeah, power. But you have to do it like power and then search Philadelphia. And we were both on this programming committee, and that is how we connected, which brought us together and got us here today. So talk about serendipitous moment and people being in your circle that you already know. It's taking the time to ask. And and that's what Lauren and I did. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It's the living embodiment of what we're talking about, of networking. And really, that's a dirty word. It's connecting. It's it's, it's it's really connecting. Yeah. I think it's big too, though. It's not just about how you can 
achieve that quick win in the moment. Like when Megan and I connected through power, there was no sales that were coming for either one of us. There wasn't this uh, intentionality of, I was going to do business with Megan and Megan was going to get me business. It was this intentionality of we wanted each other to be better. And we were both on the same path. And then we came back and we started these podcasts and we're like, how do we support each other with the podcast? How do we do live events together? How do we continue to build this relationship of support for each other? But I think it also comes to, there wasn't necessary in the beginning. We wanted just to find out how could we help support each other as we were growing in our journey. And I think that's the big thing is you need women who want to help you along that path. Mm -hmm. So true. That God. And I love that point, Lauren, because we didn't come out of the gate with, Hey, do you have any business for me? Yeah. You got a deal. You got any money? Yeah. (laughs) I mean, two, two sales ladies were like, yo, we got a deal. How much money are you going to help me make of my commission? I need to make a commission this month. Like, But I think it was that intentionality behind how can we continue to support each other in our growth? Like Megan sent me this book that has like completely changed my life around how I looked at my career when I was going through the furlough, we stayed in touch through all that. Then these podcasts are, I just think it's, how do you continue to sustain those relationships with women that you're growing relationships with and how, how do you continue to support each other? Yeah. This has been, this has been some combo. Yeah. But Megan tell okay. So we said the Instagram. Yeah. Where else can people connect yes. with you? Like where do where should everyone go and follow you and get all your words of wisdom and my therapy that I go through every week with you on the podcast? I love you guys. Can I just put you in my pockets? I just yes. want to like shrink you and put you in my pockets. Like, honey, I shrunk the kids. <laughs> so I so please, 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 if, if this content interests you or you have an association, organization, community event, or even your company, you think there's an opportunity to co-collaborate, please go to Megan M-E-G-A-N hyphen Miller, M-I-L-L-E-R.com. And that's the, you can get everything there. You can go to Instagram, you can go to the podcast, you can sign up for our micro step uh, Monday communication where we drop a little one minute video in your inbox every Monday and just say, hey, here's how you can live with intention this week and connect with you. Um, And yeah, everything's there. And your podcast is putting attention to intention. Yes. Yep. And where can they find that on all platforms? So yeah, that's on all platforms. But if you want an easy way to get there, just go to Megan-Miller.com. Love it. Love it. Megan, truly a wise words. Wiser words have never been spoken. Never. One of our favorite guests. You Uh, are, you are amazing and and doing huge, Uh, impactful, big, big things. So fam, we love it. So we're going to give our little plug. Go to our Instagram at GoToGirlsPodcast. Follow us there. DM us. Let us know how much you loved this episode because we know you did. Um, please feel free to rate us. Give us a five-star only reviews. Thank you. If you have a three-star, keep it to yourself. Go away. And um, just write a review about how lovely, amazing, sexy, um, intellectually important and profound we are. So we will see you next week. See you next week. And Megan, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you guys. Thanks, Megan.